Knock us out, Father's Day. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Um, I knew I was going to be teaching for a few weeks, so I've been thinking about, you know, what what to teach on. And, um, you know, Father's Day, it's always good to have some kind of a Father's Day type lesson, so um, kind of a challenge to us dads. Uh, So kind of been studying along those lines. My wife's been doing a Bible study with ladies on Gideon, and a lot of the stuff that they've been studying kind of goes goes along with what I'm going to be teaching on today too. Um, but here, so over the last couple of weeks, we've just been discussing in our family um, where we are in America today, you know, where, where we've come from just in our lifetimes. You know, you guys can probably think back when you were kids, how things were and how things are now that you may have kids. Some of you may have kids that are already grown up and are out of the house. Um, we kind of have such a diverse age range so it's you can't really sometimes nail one particular topic down and it applies to everybody you know it's it's kind of you got to hit kind of a wide spectrum sometimes but anyway I'm gonna I want to I want to cover four things today I hope to cover four things today and I I kind of broke it down into different time slots and I don't know if I I'm starting a little bit later than I thought I was but I'll try to get us out of here on time but the four things I want to cover today are, are really questions and we'll give you an opportunity to answer them but the first thing I want to talk about is where are we now as families in America? Uh, what are some of the factors as to why we are where we are? What does the Bible say about how we should lead our families? And what do we need to do on a daily basis to lead our families better? Um, so as, I, as, I, as we get started, I want you all to, to think about some of the things you all used to see on TV when you were kids. I started thinking about some of the TV programming. You know how... The TV shows on TV when we were kids pretty much all had really good family values, good moral stories to them, and and that you just when it was over you just felt good. I mean, is it anybody? Do y'all remember those shows? What, name some TV shows y'all remember as kids that were that, Andy Griffin. That's I got it. I got that down. Andy Griffith show. Little House on the Prairie. I have that. I have Leave It to Beaver. The Waltons. Yes, I have that one. The Brady Bunch, yes, that was that was a good. I have my three sons, yes, that's a good one. What'd you say? Father's father knows best. That's a good one. This is Father's Day. What? <laughs> well, I thought about that one and Archie Bunker and and uh, some others, but um, I was thinking about Andy Griffin show, Andy Griffith show, and I was like, there was never a mom though. You ever notice that? What happened to the mom? So I had to Google what happened to the mom, and they said they mentioned that the mom had died in the first episode, but they never talked about it anymore. And I got to thinking, you know, all the Disney shows and every, all the moms are always gone on a lot of the movies. You ever notice that? I can't figure that out. Anyway, okay, so y'all remember those shows. You, kinda, you probably kind of remember your favorite episodes of maybe Andy Griffith or whatever and, and Leave it to Beaver. They're always good you know, they, they practiced good morals, good, good values. They had a good story to it. Um, think about some of the TV programming that's on t- TV today. Now, have y'all seen some of the, I mean, crazy stuff? I was watching something the other night on, um, I, like, I like Discovery and History Channel and, and National Geographic Channel, stuff like that. And I was on, um, oh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she said she saw a show that they were advertising called The Fosters. 
She's like, oh, that's going to be a good show about foster, fostering uh, kids, you know, and all that. ABC Family, yeah. And the, the first episode was about two lesbians adopting somebody. Um, we were watching uh, National Geographic, and they were showing an advertisement of Taboo in America. And it was a lady introducing herself. I'm so-and-so, and this is my husband so-and-so. I date this other guy, and he dates this other woman, and we both date this other woman. I mean, Taboo in America, that's, that was the name of that. Um, you know, you got the family guy, the, the, the kind of cartoon type thing. There's one called Mistresses. It's on ABC. Um, there's just all kinds of programming out there now that kind of tells us where society is. I mean, it's anybody go to Linux Mall much? <laughs> Linux? We were at Linux yesterday. Um, and man, that's a culture shock from, you know, it's a long ways from Canton. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's just, Tanya and I were talking about afterwards and she's just like, you know, just looking at everybody and seeing how they dress and how, you know, guys with guys holding hands and same thing with women and hugging on each other. I mean, just all out in public and it's, it's just right in your face, but it's, it's, it brings you to ask the question, you know, we're, you know, it's just the lostness of it all, you know, just the lostness of it all. Um, I titled today's lesson, Choose You. This day, who you will serve. And it's one of the famous sayings in the, in, in the Bible with jo- that Joshua said, and a lot of people have it on their walls, what, it's, what he says after that, about choosing who you're going to serve today. You know, and I was on my way to church and seeing all the people out running and cycling and tennis and headed to the pool already. And I'm thinking to myself, they chose today who they're serving. I mean, it's, it's sad. We, even when you don't make a, a choice, you're making a choice. You know, even if you don't take take the time and say, I'm, I'm, do, I'm choosing this path or this path. If you don't even, by not doing that, you're making a choice. Um, so anyway, that's kind of sets the tone of where we are here in America today. Um, some of the, I have so much material, I'm not going to be able to get it at all, so I'm going to skip over some stuff. But in y'all's opinion, what are some of the factors as to why we are where we are as Christians, Christian families, and why we are where we are as a nation? What do y'all what do y'all think has happened? Jeff. I, I think part of it, not all of it, certainly. I'm sure we get some good answers on that question. But part of it is, you know, we as Christians have mixed so much with the world that we've given way and not drawn a line and said we will not go past this line. This is as far as we would go. And you know, when you go back to the Old Testament, particularly about the false worship of idols, you know. Exactly, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a minute when Joshua was telling all the tribes. You know, right before Joshua died, he gathered all the tribes together. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but that's what he said, basically. You know, and one thing we forget about, too, when the children of Israel are wandering through the desert, there was a bunch of them that were born into it. They had never, I mean, that's, that's all they knew. So they, so they practiced crazy things because that's, they were born into it. We were, we're born into it, a lot of us now, and we don't really recognize what the truth is versus 
the lie of the devil. So some of the things I put down was, does anybody have anything else to say? Yes, Ms. Kim? Right. That's true. That's true. Bob? Exactly. They, they, that's what I'm going to get to, hopefully. Greg. Amen. That's exactly right. Y'all are teaching the lesson for me. That's great. <laughs> There's never a simple answer. Um, if I speak from Alabama, I always try to find a simple answer. Um, <laughs> we, we all have one commodity that's the same for that time. Right. 24 hours in a day, whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're sick or whether you're healthy. And so how you choose to spend those 24 hours, so that not sleeping and eating and so forth, but then after that, when have you spent your time as a family? Where is that? Where is that time slipped away? And you look at the busyness in the lives of Christians. Forget the world. Yeah. The busyness in the lives of Christians. Where are we spending our time? And and I think that that feels the downfall. Because whether it's you, you think I'm not going to throw out any activities because we're all busy, but that's ultimately comes back to that. How much time do we spend together as families, building each other up, praying together, worshiping together, and teaching our children, raising them as we. Right. Right. Ms. Tina. Um, also, what we would call, consider foundation, biblical foundations or biblical values, because we hold those values, then society considers it hate. Like if you don't, for example, agree with homosexuality because it's not biblical, well then you're narrow-minded and you're hateful. Right. That's you know it's it's it doesn't it, that's a lot of pressure trying to come to grips with especially with the kids having to go to school and have the biblical values and stuff like that and then have people say well you know you're hateful or you're a bigot or you're this or you're that when that is not it's not a matter of hate. I have I have a word I I wrote down as tolerant. We're supposed to be tolerant. The definition of tolerant is the practice of deliberately allowing or permitting a thing of which one disapproves. We're supposed to be tolerant. We're supposed to allow something but that we ultimately disapprove of. And we've bought into that. We've even think, oh, well, maybe we ought to be tolerant. You know, bunch of hands. <laughs> oh, exactly. I got desensitized. The word desensitized. Make somebody less allergic. To make somebody less sensitive to a known allergen. And I put moral correctness. That's the known allergen. By infecting increasingly amounts of the allergen, sin, over time, 
building up a resistance to the allergen. That's, that's, we're being desensitized. We're being lulled to sleep because of the lies of the devil, just slowly but, but surely. Yeah, how did, how did this happen? To touch on Jeff's point, and I'm going to go to the next thing. The parable of the sower talks about scattering the seed. When it gets on the thorny ground, you know, it's, good, it's a good truth. It falls on a, on a heart that's receptive, which is us. But then get what chokes it out on the thorny ground? The cares of this world. Uh, Mark, Mark 4, 18 and 19 talks about the cares of the world. It says this, uh, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones that hear the word and the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches. Here's what the cares of the world. The deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Um, I got to move pretty quickly. I want to give everybody a chance to to talk. Um, But to to talk on Bob's point, we've allowed this to happen, okay? So my, my next question about where, why we are where we are as a nation with the corrupt politicians and, and with no morals and all that. Why are we where we are? Why have we allowed these politicians to get into office and be in charge? I want to read a quote to you. I did a lesson um, maybe two years ago. It was kind of a, it was before the last election, actually, maybe a few months before the last election, but it was kind of along those lines. But listen to what James Garfield, our 20th president, said. In 1881, I have to read it verbatim here, but y'all listen. Now more than ever before, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. Would y'all agree to that? Okay. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it's because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If that body be intelligent, brave, and pure, it's because the people demand these qualities to represent them in the nation's legislature. Here's what he said, 1881. If in the next centennial, if the next centennial does not find us a great nation, it's because, it's because, it will be because those who represent the enterprise, the culture, and the morality of the nation do not aid in controlling the political forces. So, to me, it goes back to the family, you know, then the church. A lot of people think the church needs to influence the family, but Pastor Johnny said it recently from the pulpit over and over again. It starts with the family. Healthy families make healthy churches. It, you can't have a healthy church and then expect all the families to just fall on. I mean, it, they go hand in hand, but, but it all begins at the family. You know, a good, a good healthy, um, obedient family, Christ-like family, influences the church and then the church you know outside the doors to the community politicians to the nation it's we just got to get it right at the at the house um number three what does the bible say about 
how we should lead our families. You, Paul talk, touched on it a minute ago. As we go, we're supposed to be teaching them. Go ahead and open up. To, our main scripture is in Ephesians. So open up to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. And we'll uh, go over those verses real quick. Um, you know, I, wanna, I, want, us, I want us to know, recognize where we're at. You know, identify what the Bible says about it. And then actually put it to the flesh. How are we going to, what are we going to do about it tomorrow? You know what I mean? Uh, I was, <laughs> we were on our way to church this morning. I'm like, man, this is, it's a good lesson. It's got good truths in it, but we got to really talk about, you know, what does it mean to raise your kids in the admonition of the Lord? I mean, we hear that all growing up, but what does it really mean? You know, tell me what that means. What, put a face to it. So hopefully we'll get to that real quick. Um, so Ephesians chapter six, let me turn to, that'd be a good idea. I'm just going to read one through four real quick. Okay. Children and any children in here, y'all listen up, Blake. I caught you. <laughs> even as even his dad gives him a heart. Now his now I'm giving you a hard time, aren't I? Um, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now notice something interesting with promise. This is the first commandment with promise. I mean, that's pretty cool. What is the promise? Verse three, that it may be well with you and you may live long on earth. You ever see these old people that that live like into their 90s and their 100 and they're and they're just full of life. What for the last few years, every time I see somebody like that, the first thing I think about is they I bet you they honored their mother and father because that's what the Bible says. It's the first commandment with promise. Honor your father and mother and it'll be well with you and you, he'll give you a long life. Verse four. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. I kind of got, I kind of been thinking on this a lot lately. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. You know, we, we don't talk about that much. What does that mean? You know, how? <laughs> I just laugh. My children have that verse memorized. That Dad, you're provoking me to wrath. And it's true, though. Sometimes we handle situations the wrong way. We're, we're, we, we, have, we don't have much time. We do it this way because I said so. Sometimes we need to explain things and take the time to, to correct them and to, and to tell them why it needs to be done this way. You know, help them work within their reason. Matthew Henry said this about that. And you fathers, uh, do not provoke your children to wrath. Your children are, are pieces of yourselves. And therefore ought to be governed with great tenderness and love. When you caution them, when you counsel them, when you reprove them, do it in such a manner as to not provoke them to wrath, endeavoring to convince their judgment and to work upon their reason. Bring them up well in the, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Give them a good education. It is the great duty of parents to be careful in the education of their children. Not only bring them up as men... But as Christians, in the admonition of the Lord, let them have a religious education. When I first read that, I'm like, and that doesn't necessarily mean private Christian school, all right? And let them have a Christian, a religion, an education of religion means bring them to church, teach them the Bible. That's what it means. It has nothing to do with a public, private school, anything like that. Well, so, so, unless God's convicting you of that, if you think they're in the wrong school and they're not, and they're getting the wrong influences, that's between you and the Lord. Um, but the, but we need to we need to take some of that stuff to heart. You know, admonition. I, I wrote. I, I looked up the definition of admonition. It's training by words, 
You know, I've heard that word all my life, admonition. I don't... Okay, admonition, what does that mean? Training by words, whether of encouragement or reproof, according as is required of the Lord, such, such as the Lord approves of, and by, his, by, the, by how the Spirit dictates, okay? Um, I've got several scriptures about raising your kids. Um, Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Just check and see if y'all are still listening. <laughs> uh, Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, These words which I command thee this day shall be, shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. That's what, that's what Paul was talking about. It's not just, you know, here and there. It's, it's all the time as you go. Just like we should be disciples, you know, we should be, we should be, uh, you know, looking for opportunities to share Christ as we go, not, not just on appointed, you know, mission trips or, you know, you don't have to have appointments. You need to be ready as you go. Um, listen to this statement. I was, there's a guy in our church. Uh, he came through the city of refuge, has eight kids, eight kids. Wow. Um, Keith Boggs, you know Keith Boggs. Keith Boggs was a pastor in South Georgia. His his he has a he has a brother that's um, Kenny Boggs. He, he goes to church here. Uh, y'all might know Kenny, but he's been here for a good while. But he works for Charles Stanley's ministry. Um, but Keith has a has a new ministry that he just started. He he launched it at Pastor Johnny's men's men's conference this year. But he had a statement in his newsletter that just kind of shocked me. I mean, sometimes it's the simplest truth. All of a sudden, they just hit you. But he, he said this, whoever wants the next generation will get them. Think about that. Whoever wants them will get them. You know, do we want them? Because <laughs> we know the world wants them, right? And the world's working hard to get them. That kind of convicted me. Whoever wants the next generation will get them. Let that sink in a minute. And you might be in a point where you see Who's getting them? Who's getting your child? You know? So, so my point is, we need to fight for our kids and our family. My wife gave me this verse this week. Nehemiah 4.14. Listen to this. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember, the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. We need to fight for our families. You know, I'm as guilty as anybody about getting caught up in busyness. And you, only, you have so many hours in a day, you have so much energy in a day, you have, sometimes you get tired, you get lazy, you know. You can't depend on your wives to do it all, us men, we can't. <laughs> but we do sometimes, right? Um, go ahead and open to Joshua 24. This is, our main, this is our main focus today in which the title of the lesson came from about choosing who you're going to serve. Joshua 24. I'm, gonna, I'm only going to read a couple verses. But y'all, if you have a marker, if you have a highlighter, this is where... This is where we come down to the, where the rubber meets the road. This is where we this is where we need to this is how we can make a difference. 
Y'all there? Y'all ready? Joshua 24, 14. I'm going to go actually start... I'll, go with, I'll start with 14. Y'all ready? Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Let me, let me set the backdrop real quick. Jo- Joshua, okay, he died when he was 110 years old. Just after he has this meeting with all the tribes, he, he, he dies, okay? Think about Joshua. With Joshua with Moses, him leading the children of Israel. You know, the Lord p- parted the, the Jordan River for him just like the Lord did for, the, for Moses at the Red Sea. Uh, there are so many battles. Jeff's talked about it. There are so many battles the Lord let them get victory over. One battle, they didn't even have to raise the first sword. God sent hornets and drove the people out. There are so many battles that they have won and so much success the Lord has given them as He's leading them. But yet all these different tribes are worshiping different things. Um, I mean, just the email, some of the things going on in India. I mean, just, you know, open marriages were just, you know, prom, promis, promiscuity, however you say it. <laughs> I mean, it's... And I, and I saw something too in India. They're, com- they're coming up with new sex a new sex. I mean, not boy, male or female, like they're coming up with different ones. That was on National Geographic last night too. I mean, so, so here's what's happening. All these things are going on. I don't know how that is. I mean, I don't know, Alan. I have to tell you, tell you what show it was. <laughs> anyway, uh, so all these tribes are practicing all these different things of sin and worship, worship and all that. So Joshua's had enough of it. God's told him to ha- gather all the, the leaders and tribes together, okay? And I used, to, I used to know how far some of them traveled, but it took days and days for them to get there. So the leaders of the tribes, the priests and all that, they gather together at, I think, Shechem. So, here's, so now Joshua's talking to them, okay? Verse 14, Now therefore, he's, he's saying to them, Fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served in, your, in the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord... Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which, were your, which your father served that were, that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, Far be it for us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And they go on and say they're gonna, they, they make a decision that they're going to serve the Lord. But Joshua wants them to make that decision on their own. He doesn't say, just serve the Lord because I do. But he also says, don't serve those other gods just because your fathers did. You know, a lot of times we get caught up in doing, it's like a river. Just think about a creek that's flowing and you throw a stick in it. There it goes with the current. We live our lives like that a lot. We just, we're just out here. Pastor Johnny talks about that lazy river. We just flow wherever, wherever we go, you know. And then, and then we might have somebody come into our lives that influences us to go this way, and we'll flow that way for a little while. Then we'll hang out with somebody at the pool, and they're talking about this and living like this, and then you start flowing that way. We need to be independent thinkers. We need to, we need to choose every single day. Just like Joshua says, choose you this day. I titled the lesson, Choose You Each Day Who You're Going to Serve. And we need to make that decision every day. We need to wake up and... I think sometimes we, I wake up, I'm complacent a lot. 
I wake up and I'm thrust right into the middle of something that's going on, okay? And all of a sudden, God gets wedged out. And I didn't take the time to make a decision to serve the Lord that day myself or direct my family in a certain way. And then, boom, I'm called up. And because I was probably lazy, I didn't get out of bed in time. I didn't get up early enough or I didn't go to bed early enough. You know, you got, you got to have a certain amount of rest. Sometimes it's the discipline of that. Just turn the TV off and fall asleep. You know, I'm a night owl. I, I could be dead tired, lay in bed and then just watch TV for an hour. I mean, or two hours. I don't know. Um, listen to what Oswald Chambers talks about that. In the context of us making a, a willful decision. A person's will is embodied in the actions of the whole person. I cannot give up my will. I must exercise it, putting it into action. I must, I must will to obey. And I must will to receive God's Spirit. When God gives me a vision of truth, there's never a question of what He will do, but only what I will do. Did y'all catch that? There's never a question of what God's going to do. It's always a question of what we're going to do with the truth we got. So choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Your choice must be deliberate, a deliberate determination. It is not something in which you will automatically drift. I was talking about that piece of wood. In the, you're not going to automatically drift into the will of the Lord. It's, you have to will yourself to do it. Everything else in your life will be held in temporary suspension until you make a decision. The proposal is between you and God. Do not confer with the flesh and blood about it. That's pretty good, isn't it? We talk, we, if we start talking to ourselves about it, nah, I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> our, flesh, our flesh is going to win a lot of the times, all right? So it goes back to starting at the house. I'm, I'm wrapping it up. We've got five minutes. I think I'll be done with, in less than five minutes. But y'all know what Second Chronicles 7.14 says. I think I've heard it a lot recently. Jeff might have mentioned it in the last few weeks, but... It, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. A lot of times, the reason this verse is important is a lot of times we want to push the blame off to other places. You know, we want to blame the government for things. We want to blame the president. We want to blame our congressman. We don't want to blame the school system. Some people blame their own pastor or Sunday school teacher. I mean, we blame everything and everybody except for looking at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know, it's, it starts here. You know, the buck stops here. <laughs> but if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from, he then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their lands. Y'all have heard that verse before. 1 Peter 4.17 says this, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. You know, that's where judgment is going to begin. At the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will it be? What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Before I get to the last thing I'm going to say and challenging, I, I brought up this question earlier and I never did address it. But I said, what does it look like to bring up your kids in the admonition of the Lord? Who has a thought on that real quick? What does it mean? What does it look like tomorrow when you're interacting with your child? What does it look like to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord? What do y'all think it looks like? I mean, I thought of several things, but I, but I want to hear what y'all think about it. Well, here's one thought, and y'all might get some thoughts off of this, but... Every, who all's, Facebook is pretty big, isn't it? 
I mean, a lot of people watch Facebook, <laughs> see what people are saying. You made us cry last night with your post. Um, Father's Day is not always a great, fun time because some, sometimes it's a reminder that those of us that don't have, I mean, I have my dad with me, but some people don't. Um, some people didn't, never did have a dad. Some people, you know, didn't have a good relationship with their father or whatever. So um, it's not always a, you know, real fun time. But um, I just lost my train of thought where I was going. But Facebook. Y'all need to know, if, if your kids have a Facebook page, y'all need to monitor it all the time. You need to know who their friends are. You need to know what their friends are saying. You need to know who they hang around with at school. You need to know their families. You need to know what music they're listening to. You need to know what TV shows they're watching. We've gotten so lazy, we just let our kids do whatever. And we think that they're going to just turn out just right. I mean, has anybody got any comments on that? I mean, it's, it's, tough, it's tough teaching because it requires us yet to do another thing. We, we already feel burdened down sometimes and busy and I'm so tired and weary. Now there's something else we've got to do to stay on top of. But... But what's more important than that? What's more important than it? If you, if you provoke your children to wrath, <laughs> I didn't get to that either, but I tried to. When I read about Matthew Henry, the way he, you have to spend, take the time. It's not always correction and reproof. It's not always, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. It can't be that. You're going to drive them to wrath. Rex said one thing last week that I still remember that was pretty cool. How he, remember he said he was, those of you that were here, he was sitting down with his daughter in Chicago. And he said it was cool because he saw a transfer where she is now, like her relationship with God is now her responsibility. It's, she's taking responsibility for it. One of the things we need to do with our kids is teach them to have a relationship with the Lord because one day they're going to be out of our house and they're going to be in charge of their own 
actions. And if, if they don't have, if they're disconnected, if their relationship with the Lord is through us and what we, everything that we do for them and pray for them and all that, it's, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. I mean, so we need to have, we also need to encourage them to do daily devotions. Tell us what you learn in the Bible. What is God sharing with you? You know, what are you praying about? Things like that. Um, and I have one challenge. Go ahead, Jeff, and then I'm going to let us go. Yep. And the Bible talks, this is hard too, but a friend of the world, I mean, being friends with the world, I mean, it's not good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that they're saying it's not because she doesn't pressure us, it's not because she doesn't, but you know, we, we've chosen a different path. We, we're choosing to do things differently. And sometimes it makes it harder on her. Um, unfortunately, for her brothers right. and sisters went before her, so we have a right. test, test track, so they, they do the same thing. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, everybody else, even within everybody, that, that always gets thrown out there. Everybody's got this. Everybody has it, so everybody's doing it, so it must be okay. Just like the wide path to hell. But, but my answer to that is, well, if everybody else has a cell phone, then if you need one, use theirs. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're going to be That's in good. Place, and the other thing is, we're so involved with our children's lives, and since we're, again, what we choose to be, you're, she's never going to be in a place where she's going to need a cell phone because one of us is going to be there. We choose to be We choose to go on mission trips with our kids. We choose to be at their events. We choose to be involved in those events so that we're leaders or we're supporters of that so that, you know, you're not going to need that because we're going to be there so there's no need for you to be connected. And I know that's not, that well, let me, let, let me say, let me just say thank you. All right? Thank you because you're a good example to some to parents that 
a good example of what they need to be like. Darren and Amy, thank you guys. When I said earlier, the next gen- whoever wants the next generation is going to get them, thank you, Darren, for what you do. Here's the last challenge, I'm gonna, and I'm going to pray, and let's get out of here so we can be on time. Jeff told me I was wrapping up at 10.45, and that clock's two minutes fast. All right, Luke 18, 8. Here's the challenge for this week, or, or just for in general. It says this, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? I don't remember where I got this quote from, but listen to this. We all have faith in good principles, in good management, in good common sense. But who among us has faith in Jesus Christ? Physical courage is grand. Moral courage is grander. But the man who trusts Jesus Christ in the face of terrific problems of life is worth the whole crowd of heroes. Y'all remember that. When the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on this earth? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for, we thank you, for you being our Heavenly Father and the, and the ultimate, Lord, the ultimate picture of what a father is how you love us you give us grace but lord you correct us when we need it you're you're so faithful to 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 be the father lord that to us lord help us to to look for your example of being a father lord lord i pray for all these people today lord i pray that there's something that they might can take away from here today that would help them to be a better father or mother or parent and that they they would do one thing that would change the whole course of their child's life just from something that that came through your word today. But we love you. We thank you for everybody's attentiveness, and uh, we know that your, your scriptures will not return void, and we thank you so much for that. Thank you for what you've taught me during this lesson. We love you. We need you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.